What's up, Ventis fam? Welcome to the podcast series Ventis News. You are now listening to the fifth episode of this podcast, Ventis News Season Four. This show is brought to you by Ventis Learning Group, and I'm your host, Jing Han. If you're an individual who's trying to find your way around the corporate ocean or trying to hashtag up your game with your career, this is where you should be. Today's episode is a continuation on the topic, the important connection between body language and EQ. To give you a recap of what we have covered last week, we went through the concept behind body language and explored each type in detail. We also look at some examples of body languages and how we can read them. In addition, we also discuss the importance of non-verbal communication in the workplace. So, in the second session today, we will be exploring more about the correlation of body languages to factors like our EQ and our success. We also find out why is it important for leaders to have these skill sets and how we can further improve on them. Now, let's bring back our speaker, Christian Tra, right away to continue his sharing on the topic. Christian, welcome to the show. Good morning, Jinhan. Nice to see you. Going back to our topic today, so knowing how to decode body language is the difference between success and failure. What is your thought on this? Um, I wouldn't say that's the the ultimate skill set to have to determine success or failure, but I think it would uh, enhance your success a lot uh, because. If you just know what to say, when to say, uh, how to say it to the right people, you immediately will be more successful. That's why it's more body language is part of the universe of profiling. So come and attend the body language workshop. And later on, we have different types of workshop that enhance the entire profiling. That will be also very useful because what we want to know is who is Jin Han? Who is John? Who is Peter? And what type of character uh, they are? And we want to know that within minutes, not within days, not to pass them a psychometric tool and say, would you please fill up this form before I have a conversation with you? Okay, so we can read them off from the conversation and the, the communication styles. And immediately it clicks and say, okay, this guy is in this domain, this character type. So let's use this style to communicate with him or her. And that would have answered your question. So there is no reason why people would not invest their time to learn a super skill like this. I agree that it's very important. It is. And if I'm in the position of a leader or for any of our listeners who hold a managerial position out there, how does body language come into the picture? First of all, you would like to hire a good team. And at the at the interview, don't just look at the resume. Then you get a qualified person, but does the character and the attitude suit your team? So you want to hire the right fit, not just the competency, but the right fit. So yours may be, uh, I'm, I'm the autocratic leader, so I just want people to listen to me. Then hire that type of character. Because if you're going to hire someone that's a very strong character, then... Uh, he's going to go against you or he's going to, be, uh, he's going to speak up his mind or her mind. 
Okay, and that's under face reading. You can tell by the strong nose ridge and the eye, uh, angled eyebrow, etc. Okay, and for body language during the interview, you can ask them if you see something uh, wrong, would you speak up or would you um, just obey? and so on. So through the interview, the body language, the gestures, the, uh, the speech analysis, you know whether you're hiring the right person. Okay, so absolutely. So that's a start. So you get the right person for the job. Then subsequently, even, uh, let me give you an example. You're holding, you're having a meeting and you have eight staff in a, a, in a room. Where they sit already can tell whether they're on your side or away from your side. The one that's, that's always by your side is always sitting on your left and right. And the one that dares to go against you will take the opposite side of the table. The one that's tried to go under the radar is opposite side of the table on the left and right. Because imagine if this is a long table and I'm seated here and the boss is giving the briefing there, all I need to do is to push my chair a little bit back and she cannot see me or he cannot see me anymore. So even the sitting arrangement, things like that are, are telling tales, telling signs. Each time that person keeps picking that seat, you know how much distance the she or he is from the boss's side. So one, that's one of those. And during a meeting, when you see one person, one person, one of your staff talking and the other person rolling the eye, if you catch that glimpse, like, yeah, she again, trying to apple polish, you already know there's a conflict between your staff. So these are some of the uh, very useful secrets and tips as a body language trainer for over 20 years. So yeah, you can read a book, but it's really nothing like attending a real workshop because the, the questions that you ask, uh, sometimes it's impossible to be expressed in a book. So we mentioned uh, interviews just now, right? So do HR professionals and hiring managers actually look up for like the body language cues that interviewees portray to them? Hmm. Uh, I can't speak for all the HR because I don't know them all. I do not know how many of them are well-trained, but certainly those trained ones uh, will know how to pick up. And those trained by me, of course, they will know even more tips, more interview tips to uh, bring out the uh, emotions. Some of the trick questions that they found, hey, look, the resume, look, there's a little loophole here. I think this part, they are lying and I teach them how to retrieve the truth from it. So with that, uh, they always hire the right one. And there are some occasions where they didn't want to risk it and they hired me to sit into the interview because these are very senior positions and they wanted to hire uh, one person. So they had three candidates left. And so when I read the three, I picked the one that they didn't expect and I gave my reasons for it. They trusted me and they picked that lady and uh, six months later, they texted me and said, wow, you got it spot on. We're just so happy. She didn't do well in the interview, in my opinion, the boss said, but you picked up things that I didn't see and uh, then you got it right because you are also right about the other two. Uh, it wouldn't have worked out. In, in the past one year since the pandemic, many of us, including our listeners as well, have slowly started to adapt to the lifestyle of working from home. And mm -hmm. in this case, where we do not actually see our colleagues face-to-face -face or like, you know, see our clients face-to-face, -face, do we actually still need body language? I think you need body language even more, more right now because when I'm live with you, I can see your entire body and your expression and your, 
the angles of your legs and where are your toes facing. Right now, you're seated right in front and I think you're more conscious about the camera pointing to you. So you're having very little movement in that sense. <laughs> okay, so you're being very proper and you're very camera ready. So while today's interview is not me interviewing you, you, but you interviewing me, then obviously you are feel very relaxed. But if suddenly I turn around right now and I start asking you questions, you're going to see a lot of body movements. Okay, so... Uh, if, if you depends on what context you're talking about when you're in under Zoom, are you negotiating in, in the business? If you're in a business, right? Like a lot of you uh, who attend the course would want to use it for diplomatic reasons or negotiating with your suppliers or you are uh, negotiating with your buyers, you are the salesperson. You want to know whether the buyer is a hot lead or cold lead. So there are certain techniques that I will teach you to know instantly whether am I wasting my time with this buyer or the buyer is no longer interested. Okay. So, so right now you're just going nodding, 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 triple, triple nod. So you would you you enjoyed that point. So take for example over Zoom, what are some of the body language that is important? There's always two two things that we talk about are reading body language and being aware of your own body language. Okay, so like today's context, uh, what do I want to portray to the viewers? Okay, so I dress up, that's called spot, uh, that's called uh, co-reading skills. So by how I dress up my background, they will, you have, you will judge me a little bit. What if I came in a, a t-shirt and I don't think that like I'm prepared for this body language? So that's one of those things. So if you, uh, those of you who are, you know, you're working from home and you know your Zoom backgrounds and all those, you can use the virtual backgrounds or you can just do up a little corner just to look a little bit more confident and more representative of your esteemed company. That's one of those things that you need to do. The other thing is that when you come on Zoom immediately, if there are four or five people, uh, get yourself heard. Don't just switch on and then like quiet there for a long time. Uh, it, it starts to show that you are um, a bit less assertive. If there's no conversation going on, then you just say, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Christian. Very nice to be in this Zoom call with you today. Say in a strong, assertive voice and then uh, talk and talk to a few people. Hi, Jin Han. Hi, Hazel. Hi, John. Nice to meet you. Just mention their names. So you start off with that type of aura and uh, they, you make them feel that you're confident and you're in control already. So that's one of those body language that you want to portray. Okay, so the other thing that you want to do is like occasionally I'll look into the camera because my camera is now not mounted on my laptop because I want to have a like wider angle and you are on my laptop. So occasionally you see my eyes going down, but I always go back to the camera. So that's like a news task that you go back to the camera and you talk to the camera. Don't talk to the, her picture because <laughs> it doesn't look right. But I'm talking to you right now. It's like talking straight into the camera. So occasionally you want to make a point. You talk straight into the camera. That's more assertive. Okay, so on the other flip side, if you want to read the other person's uh, body language, of course. So if you're, you're making a point, is the person still maintaining eye contact? Not in your, into, at least into the, the screen. Okay, nodding and responding. That's one of those things. Okay, and sometimes you know if it's a long conversation, they are not even looking at their Zoom and they're having a Facebook and, and uh, you know, reading some other article. That can be told, can be seen also. And we don't want to be caught doing that. And when we are talking about non-verbal communication, I think we know that it is really important. It's probably as important or even more important than verbal communication. But yet, it feels so hard to control. Why is that? Like, why can't we hide how we are feeling? 
Okay, so first of all, uh, I don't think non-verbal is more important than verbal. That's a huge mistake that a lot of people say, hey, the body language is uh, 53% and the verbal is 23% or whatever. Uh, why do you want to give up the verbal too? That's what I'm always sharing. I want to teach you body language, but don't ignore the verbal. Because on the phone, when I cannot see your body language, when we're doing a tally call, then the speech analysis needs, needs to kick in. So I want to teach you all the three or four, the tone of voice, the speed, the pauses, the hesitation when you hear people talk, and uh, then also uh, the choice of words. But if you can see the body language, that's fantastic. So when you cluster them together, you get a complete read. So you, I don't often get it wrong. I get it right. Okay. Now, back to your question. And your question is, uh, why is it so difficult for us to... Control our body language. Because uh, uh, we need to control our emotions first. Okay. There are three parts. You process information. Information will translate into emotions. Emotions will personify into actions. So when you're angry, you're angry. Can't help it. If you're angry, you're angry, okay? So what you need to do is to, to cite yourself and control your emotions. So stay calm, stay mellow. And that is why when you see a lot of... Uh, um, altercations, fighting videos on Facebook and all those uh, road rage. Okay, at the end, they'll always go with vulgarities and the guy that, that has a cigarette needs to light up his cigarette and smoke. And uh, I can explain to you all those kind of behavior. It's a comforting thing for them. Okay, so if you want to uh, control your emotions uh, built on your character. Okay, so when you are provoked, stay calm and answer in a more classy way. Can our body language also be faked? Uh, some can, most can't. So let me explain to you. I can have a bad day, but I'm, uh, let's say, a flight steward, and I say, welcome to Singapore Airlines. But I'm having a bad day, but I smile. And that's all the menu may tell me. Smile and say, welcome to Singapore Airlines. That's faking my real feeling, which is negative. However, you want to say complete fake, uh, people like, Experts like us, we can catch you because there are such a thing called involuntary body movements. For example, uh, for the Caucasians, we can see their pupils very clearly because their eyes could be turquoise or light blue. So when it dilates or contracts, we can really see it. Uh, perspiration is part of body language. Face, blood flushing into the face, that's body language. Nervousness. And clearing of the throat and the throat is choked because they are nervous. They ha have a deep swallow. Breathing heavily. All these are involuntary body movements. So these are the extremes that 100% you cannot fake. But through provoking and through asking questions, even when you don't answer, it's a body language. When I'm ask asking you a question and you remain totally silent, that non-movement is also a body language. Okay, so there's no way if... There is a one-hour interrogation. There is no way you can control your body language throughout. So if you wanted to improve on some of these non-verbal communication skills, how would you get started? Okay. Uh, I think uh, Adventist is uh, conducting a, um, organizing a workshop conducted by me. That would be your fastest way, of course. Yeah, you invest a little bit of time, a little bit of uh, fees, and that will be the fastest way. And you're being taught by someone who is a, uh, you could say, quite an expert on it. Alternatively, you can go and uh, Google your own resources, uh, but not everything on Google is accurate or correct. You need to understand that because some are just uh, bloggers who are asking people to write content, and I dispute. 
even during body, even between body language experts around the world, I can make a good judgment call uh, against the others in terms of American politics and things like that, whether guilty or not guilty and so on. We've done in our group doing a pre-judgment call and uh, I'm quite accurate. So when we are practicing these behaviours, how do we actually make sure that we are repeating them in a way that day-to-day is going to result in us getting better over time? Like how do we practice these things? Sure, of course, you, you need to be um, convinced about this skill and you need to be passionate about this skill also. So with that, uh, it's every skill that you learn is all about awareness. Whether is it just normal telephone skills or communication skills or all the vast causes that Adventist is uh, offering. At the end, when you learn it and you're not aware that, hey, this is time to apply this, nothing's going to happen. Okay, so if you want, you want to... you. Uh, adopt this skill then the next time you go into a grab or you at the market when you talk to people be a bit more aware what's the body language like how are they responding to you and each time you you pick up new information it's your personal big data and the more and more and more and more of these uh, visuals are in your head and the next time you say "Eh, i've seen that before i've seen that movement before and that's how it works so you only get better with time do you also agree that um, it's usually the non-verbal communication that leaves the lasting impression? Uh, no, I think, again, even I would like to say yes, because this is my domain, I would like to overplay body language. The, the truth, it is not. It is everything uh, in between. So I've written this book called uh, Rapid Networking Skills. And what uh, I teach in that session is very interesting. How do you approach a stranger? So first of all, it's called the setup. Look at yourself. What are you wearing at that point? So if I'm wearing a suit right now and I'm going and approach, let's say, an auntie in the market, she's going to think I'm selling her something. Obviously, correct? So that may not be a good context. But if I'm wearing a suit now and I'm entering a fancy restaurant, I'm going to get a first-class service. You see, so that's called the context. The second part is the body language. That's called the approach. So from the time the person sees you walking that 10 steps towards you, what is the five or six emotions you can display that they say, this is a friendly, not a hostile, okay? And then when you meet that person, when you start talking, they are going to decide, what on earth do you want from me? Because I do not know you, you're a stranger. And so what's your agenda here? Is it just a friendly neighbor? Are you a, some religious fanatics trying to convert me? Are you a political party? Are you selling me something? It could be any of those things, right? Or are you trying to hit on me? So that few minutes, you need to tell them what's your intention. And then we go into the conversation and then we leave a charismatic presence. So you're going to be funny. You're going to uh, throw a hook line, you know, uh, things like that. So those are a complete version of how you could uh, infuse body language into it. Do you happen to know of anyone or have any powerful examples of how body language helped change an impression or make a significant impact or even become more authoritative at work? Okay, the first one that comes to my mind when I hear that question would be uh, Margaret Thatcher. So Margaret Thatcher is the Prime Minister of uh, England, the former Prime Minister of England, and she's called the Iron Lady. When she first started, her voice is actually very high. Good evening. And then, uh, I know her speech therapist told her, you, you don't sound confident. You sound very squeaky and it could even be a very obnoxious with a high tone of voice. So they taught her how to bring her voice down. So towards the end of her term, when she became more mature, okay, we're going to send uh, warships down to Falklands to... And she spoke with more authority. So that is one of the classic examples 
examples we always use when it comes to a huge visible change in the demeanor. Before we end this podcast session on the important connection between body language and EQ, could you leave us a take-home message for our listeners or any golden rules that encourage you to keep going? Well, the golden rule is uh, don't get overhang up with this new overly sensitive society where say, oh, you cannot say this or you cannot judge people. Again, I want to reiterate that this is a survival skill. And while we don't pass remarks or openly judge people, we want to use this skill to protect ourselves. We protect our uh, family, our children. When we see a stranger, you know, you, you just can't say, oh, give everybody a benefit of doubt. Then what do you want? Do you want to wait till the child gets harassed or kidnapped? So sometimes we do want to be on our guard. We apologize if we are wrong, but these are survival skills. The animals use it all the time. So don't get overly hang up. But the thing is, if you are trained, you are going to be much more accurate. You're going to apologize a lot less because you're going to be so good at it. You know at an instant, this is not the guy I'm going to trust. This is not the person I want to deal business with. This is not the employee I want to hire. I hope that was a good tip. Okay, thank you, Christian. Thanks so much for coming on our show. Well, thank you everyone, and I hope to see you at the workshops. Hi, Ventis fam. From this session, we now know that both body language and emotional intelligence goes hand in hand. It's all about how we interpret the world and present ourselves to it. And at the end of the road, we all want our body language to match our oral language and ultimately enhance them. Especially in the workplace, we need to make sure that we are sending the right messages for others to feel that they can trust us, approach us, as well as to build relationships with us. Because often, what we are thinking will not only automatically show up in our body, but we also send subconscious signals that others will pick up. Hence, it is beneficial for professionals to learn important body language signals so that they can have better communication with their peers and clients. Thank you for tuning in to the fourth episode of Aventis No Season 4. If you do have any questions regarding the topic of body language, do drop down your questions in the comment section below or drop us a DM. We are available on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Telegram and Spotify. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to us for more podcast episodes and we will see you soon. Bye!